This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series with a new coat of paint, as you may have seen. Brand new season, brand new colours, brand new TGT backgrounds, intros and stuff. Um, I hope you like it. I hope you appreciate the effort that goes into making these so that we are indeed up to date and ready for, of course, all of the news, all of the new seasons just craziness and we're going to bring it to you all this season as well and um thank you everyone that dropped me a message yesterday you may or may not have seen um that i announced yesterday that i have got a new job starting next week i'll be finishing with 101 great goals on monday and then as of wednesday uh, I will be joining Reach, working closely with Football.London, who I know plenty of you will know of um, from Chris Wheatley's work, from Kaya Karnak's work, and from all of the other guys that are working over at Football.London. Um, Chris Davison, you may know as well, is joining the team. Plenty of other great people are joining the team. And uh, yeah, so that's I'm going to be their Arsenal fan, brand, writer and presenter. I'm still planning on, on continuing TGT. TGT isn't going anywhere, so don't worry. There will still be shows. There may just be some scheduling changes that we'll just have to get used to because I'll have a different schedule. And so therefore, we'll have to work to that. But thank you to everyone that did send in the kind messages. It's been a I'll probably talk about it in more detail in, in a different show, um, but uh, it's yeah a lot of work and efforts uh, gone in over the last nine months since I quit my job as a teacher to kind of go into to football and Arsenal full time, and it's yeah it's working out pretty well at the moment, which I'm I'm very happy about. But thank you ever so much, guys, um, for for all of the kind words and and everything in the chat box. Really appreciate. Um, everything that you've been saying, and it's been very kind of you to do so. So thank you very much. Let's go for our news, and we do kick off indeed uh, with the way that you can support us with voting for us in the Football Content Awards. Uh, you just need to tweet, I am voting for at the Guna Talk TV in at the underscore FCAs for hashtag best club creator. So I noticed some people have been voting and they're not put in the category. So do make sure you put the best club creator bit in your tweets. Otherwise, they will not count. If you don't have Twitter, you can use the links in the description. 
and it should take you to them where you can then, of course, vote without the use of Twitter. Thank you, Chatbox. I can't go through all of your comments, but I, I do see them. Thank you ever so much for the nice comments. I really do appreciate it. Um, but let's crack on for the reason why you're here and make sure you are dropping a like on the video and subscribing to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. So let's kick off with the first story of the day, and that is that Bukayo Saka has returned to training. You may have seen a video go up on Arsenal's social feeds yesterday, an amazing kind of uh, tribute. I don't know if it's tribute is the right word, but just an amazing welcome back um, for our, our little Chile. Um, coming back from, obviously, a, a tumultuous time after missing the penalty in the Euro 2020 final in which he received just a, a ridiculous amount of abuse um, from people who, you know, really should take a long hard look at themselves, basically. And uh, to see that support uh, for Saka was emotional and amazing. And uh, he clearly felt the love of the Arsenal fans, the the right emotion you should be feeling about fans. And, uh, and that was great. But he returns to training and there is a slim chance that he could be fit for Brentford. We'll have to wait and see how he fits into the team with Pepe and Smith-Rowe and everyone else and Martinelli still to come back to. We've got a big job on our hands to try and work out what Arsenal's team might be next season. But it's certainly going to be an interesting one to cover. And we'll be across it all next season at London Reach and, of course, over at the Gunatalk as well. Looking then at our next story and Lucas Torreira. Lucas Torreira's future is still very much uncertain. Uh, there was reports that emerged yesterday that he's kind of expecting to, to leave the club, but it could be not a permanent deal. And actually, a loan would be the most likely situation during the situation we find ourselves in in a pandemic where clubs that would be likely to take him simply don't have the money to buy him. Alone is is looking ever more likely. He's currently training in Spain. We don't really know the return time for him. Obviously, the Copa America did go on a lot longer than the Euros. And while Saka has just returned today and, and Ben White returns uh, last week, we obviously uh, know that the Copa America went on a lot longer than the Euros. And so, therefore, he may be granted a little extra bit of leave before he does indeed return. But he's currently training in Spain and uh, he will be expected to return to Arsenal unless a deal is sorted out for him. We then move on to our next story, which revolves around Cedric. Um, and the links to Turkey are not going away. And Charles Watts of Goal did inform us yesterday that whilst the interest from those clubs is genuine, Cedric is still very much kind of focused on the job of fighting for that right-back spot. And he has supposedly even impressed in pre-season training and in the matches that he's played too. I still would expect, if we don't sign anyone for Callum Chambers, to be Arsenal starting right-back going into the new season. But Cedric has very much got the, the idea of being in that position going forwards. And there is no indication that he could leave anytime soon besides the interest that is there from the Turkish teams. We move then on to Andre Onana and we start our look at the players that could be coming into Arsenal. And yesterday we told you that Leon had agreed a deal with Ajax for Andre Onana, but the player is not yet set on that move. Uh, there was possibilities that another club may come in and gazump the deal. Um, Arsenal were obviously touted as possibly being that team but um, the reports are that Arsenal are still, you know, their main focus is on a homegrown goalkeeper, despite how cheap Onana is this summer. He may wait until January to make a move because of the whole ban situation, despite it being kind of, you know, lessened until November. But he still may wait until January to make his move. And Arsenal are focused very much on a homegrown keeper. 
which we'll talk about very shortly. Ruben Neves, though, uh, is likely now to stay with Wolves. The Athletic understand that there is no intention from Wolves to, to see him leave, and they're very much planning ahead with the new season with Bruno Lage as the new manager after Nuno Espirito Santo left, that Ruben Neves will be part of that midfield and taking Wolves ahead and trying to improve on their lower half-table finish last season so if we were hoping and to be honest I was part of me was definitely a little bit of hope that maybe we would see Ruben Neves at Arsenal but he's unlikely to do so and we're much more likely to see him remain at Wolves for the forthcoming season looking then at the homegrown keeper that Arsenal are targeting and the Sheffield star and the local media coming out of Sheffield have argued that a 75 million pounds double swoop for both Ramsdale and Sanderberg could still be incoming from Arsenal. So we've already spent £75 million. So this would take our spending up to £150 million if we was to bring in Ramsdale and Berger. And that's before you even get to talk about players like Martinez and Madison and right-backs. It's just, this is such a crazy kind of amount of money being associated with these two players. I don't think I'd pay over £50 million for both. I'm leaning towards not paying over £40 million for both, let alone £75 million. And that is just an unreal uh, amount of money, to be honest, for to, to two players that, you know, would still be risks. And one of them in Ramsdale would be a backup. So that is a quite a claim from the Sheffield star. But crazier things have happened. So you never know with these two and Sheffield United, of course, and Arsenal mainly. Now, Tammy Abraham was linked with a move to Arsenal, as we know, and £40 million was the asking price. Chelsea then lowered that asking price to around £30 million. And that's now opened the doors for some other clubs to come in for the Chelsea striker. And if Arsenal wants Abraham, they will need to move quickly because Italian side Atalanta are the team that are pushing hardest now for a deal for Tammy Abraham, the 23-year-old six foot three striker is interesting them obviously they've got the likes of Duvan Zapata uh, who's getting on a bit now over the age of 13 Abraham would be a long-term replacement for the Champions League side and Atalanta are a team that have ambitions to fight for the Serie A title fight to go as far as they can in the Champions League and that would be targets that would encourage someone like Tammy Abraham to join them so keep an eye on that thread but it doesn't look like Tammy Abraham will be an Arsenal player it's much more likely he makes the move uh, across to Italy and plays for Atalanta in Bergamo in Serie A. Interesting stuff. One to keep your eye on for sure. So the biggest kind of news will be in a second, but the Martinez news, which has kind of dominated Arsenal's feeds for the last few days into a week, has called, definitely. Um, there is no news of a bid. There's understanding that Arsenal have not made an official offer for Martinez, and it was purely an inquiry during their discussions with Inter Milan about the future of Hector Bellerin. And it doesn't surprise me that Arsenal aren't really, you know, pushing for this deal because they haven't moved out any strikers. They've not moved out any specific players. And Chelsea's kind of push for Romelu Lukaku if they accept that any offer that they do put forward would certainly tie up the future of Martinez and remain with Inter Milan. I'd be shocked to see Martinez leave in addition to Romelu Lukaku. And so therefore, that kind of scuppers any deal for Arsenal or any other team, for that matter, to come in for the player. And so I don't think you'll be seeing Martinez move to Arsenal. I gave it, I think, what was it, a 3 out of 10 in terms of likelihood. It was never an advanced deal. There was never any bid that went in. Personal terms were never agreed. Only an inquiry was made by Arsenal to Inter Milan, as all of our legit sources have said over on the socials. 
and yeah, it's it's one that would have been great. I really would have enjoyed seeing Martinez at Arsenal, but I just don't think it's a likely deal to happen now, especially with Lukaku's situation and Chelsea. And Arsenal just have not made a bid for the player this summer, despite him being the one that Inter Milan would have preferred to move on. We go then to Hussein Awar and... Um, his agents are supposedly a little bit surprised that Arsenal have not decided to move for a deal for him, considering how heavily interested they were in 2020, considering the fact his price has plummeted since then, and that obviously the interest was so high. And apparently his agents are quite surprised that actually Arsenal's interest lies with this man and not, not our, and that is James Madison. Now, James Madison... He's obviously a player that we know um, is interesting, Arsenal. And you've been following this story as much as I have quite intensely over the last few days or so. And I think for James Madison to move to Arsenal would obviously be a great deal. He did start in their friendly yesterday uh, in which there was an awful challenge on Wesley Fofana. If you saw that, I wouldn't recommend searching it up. It's not the nicest video to watch. And I think for me... When you look at Madison's future, the idea of him moving to Arsenal is obviously one of those get-off-your-seat type of signings for Arsenal fans to enjoy. But he would easily blow the idea of, of Awar out the water. So it's not surprising for me anyway that Arsenal are going to be going for Madison over Awar. He's a better player. He's Premier League. He's homegrown. Yes, he's way more expensive. But for me, he's just a player that would make a lot more sense than Awar. Can play at 8, can play at 10, can play in a wider area, more versatile, He's a great player. And Arsenal decided to go and offer four players. Now, I'm not saying that they've offered four players as one package deal. They've offered different deals, which include different players, and those four players being Joe Willock, Eddie Nketiah, Reese Nelson, and Ainsley Maitland-Niles. And so that, for me anyway, is, is certainly... An interesting one because for those players, imagine being one of those players that you you know you're just being offered as a part of a package. You don't know which one of your mates is going. You could be going to Leicester. One of your mates could be going to Leicester, and you've got to agree to it as well. And so, therefore, <laughs> it is a very strange situation that we find ourselves in. You've also got to factor in that some of those players may not want to move to Leicester, and there are other interested parties in those players. We know that Crystal Palace is interested in Reese Nelson, but we also know now that Hertha Berlin are interested in Reese Nelson, and there are even suggestions that a permanent deal could be struck between the German side and Arsenal. Hertha Berlin, of course, have signed Arsenal players in the past. They signed Matteo Genduzzi last season on loan, and they've made a bit of a push to try and sign some more players. It didn't really work out last season they didn't do too well they signed the likes of Mateus Cunha and Sami Kadira and players like this but it's not really worked out for them and maybe they're now going to try and change tact and Reese Nelson could be the start of that kind of change for them along with some of the signs that they've already made this summer so that's a really interesting move but Madison Arsenal offering as many as four different players for the possible deal this is growing in likelihood for me I was a six out of ten on Madison I think I'm a 6.5 ever so slightly more confident this is a deal that could get done next season. We will wait and see. Joe Willock, of course, is being linked with the move to Newcastle. That's still very much a hot property and a hot topic and, and possibly a £22 million deal for him could happen. That would actually suit Arsenal more, I think. I think Arsenal would rather sell Joe Willock to Newcastle than see him as part of a deal for Madison because it could mean that they get money in for Joe Willock from Newcastle, which they can then add on to a possible deal to go for Madison. And I think that would make a lot 
more sense. And that does conclude all of today's news. So thank you ever so much for tuning into that part. We move on to the second part of the show, which is our Q&A section. So if you have a burning question that you would like an answer to, please do throw them into the chat box and I will do my absolute best to answer them for you. The Madison deal is one that I don't expect to kind of happen until later on in the window. I'd be surprised if we got it done before the start of the season of the Brentford game, but we'll wait and see. Okay, then. Let's see what you guys are saying. Social says, if Elneny got a second chance, why can't Torreira? I know he has been vocal about leaving. It seems like he has never settled, but surely he could do a job. It's a good point. If Elneny gets that second chance, which he did last season, there is absolutely no reason why Torreira couldn't be. There are some social differences in the way those two players have behaved vocally about the future, about the club. And Elneny is a big, big part of the dressing room. Like, he is massive um, and genuinely is one of the best characters around the club. But Torreira is certainly the better player. And so therefore, for me, if it was a case between keeping Elneny or Torreira for next season to be our third or fourth choice centre midfielder, I would definitely lean more towards uh, the Uruguayan over the Egyptian. Uh, Thracian says, do you think we should just pay the money for Madison and stop messing around? It's not a case of not having the money to pay, unfortunately, Thracian. It's not a case of like we're being tight or cheap about the situation. Arsenal have spent 75 million already. They need to get a backup goalkeeper. They need to get a central midfielder. They might need to get a right back. And we've not sold any players. So it's not a case of us penny pinching on this. We, we're trying to sort out a deal which financially benefits us and so that we can work out and still do other moves in the future for the rest of the positions that we need to cover. Just signing Madison in the rest of the window. Yeah, great. Madison's a fantastic signing. But we've got other things that we need to do. And, and that's the problem right now is that we can't, we can't do it. And she can say, KSC had the money. Sure, you're 100% right. They do have the money, but they're not going to spend it, mate. So we can't sit here and say, that, that, that we, why aren't they investing? We know they're not going to invest. Let's not be naive about this. The KSE are not going to invest in Arsenal. They haven't done it. They're not going to do it. All of the money that we've spent on transfers has come from the club. And so therefore, it's it's just, it's not going to happen. So it's no point saying, why aren't the owners investing? We know that now. We know they're not going to invest. There's no point hoping that's going to happen. So Arsenal, in terms of Madison, they're not penny pinching in regards to the actual club and what's available to them. They are waiting to see and trying to get a better financial deal for them. You have to think about Edu and Arteta and Richard Garlick and all these guys working on transfers. Like, Kroenke's not involved in these transfers at all. Like, the investment's not there. The, the executive guys are working with the budget that they know that they have. And so they can't just pay the money. It's not about just paying up for Madison. They don't have the money right now and they need to work out a way of getting it done whilst also protecting their interest to go for other positions in the market. Savik says, how many of the transfer listed players do you think we're actually going to be able to get rid of? I think Nelson will go. I think Torreira will go. I think that Nketiah will probably end up going. I think someone will eventually come in for him towards the end of the window. Um, I think Kalasinac will go. I think that Bellerin will go um, as well. But other than that, I think we might end up keeping Maitland-Niles. I have a feeling that he may stay which is going to be weird after the interview and everything that happened with him. Um, Jacker is obviously looking like he's going to stay. I think Lacazette will stay. I don't think we're going to get a striker this summer. I'm very shocked if we did go for a striker this summer. So that's probably what we're going to do. So there you go. Um, 
as far as I'm aware, Wesley, there's no intention from Lacquer to go right now. It's only if a bid would come in that it, that it would be entertained. That's that's pretty much what it would be. Uh, James says, same talk every day. I mean, there is a lot of stories. We do this show every single day, James. So whilst certain things change, some things are just, you know, take time. And they're not they're not going to change every day. We we talked about some new stuff today, like Ruben Neves, for instance. We talked about some interesting stories like Reese Nelson and Hertha Berlin's interest in him, the four players being offered for James Madison. If you go back and watch the first episode of the show and you gradually go back through, there's a lot has changed throughout the window. We've done over 30 tactical breakdowns on different players linked to Arsenal. A lot's happened this window. It's just it doesn't seem like it when we tune in every single day. It's like watching a child grow. Like you see ever little incremental changes as they get older, but you don't really see it until you start measuring it. And that's kind of the, the Arsenal transfer window. There's ever little changes every day and gradually you get like a growth spurt at times and we might make a big signing. That's that's kind of how it works. So, yeah, whilst it may seem like we're talking about a lot of the similar stuff, it's because these deals are, you know, developing slowly throughout the window. Uh, Peter Guna says, uh, Basuma or Bruno Guimaraes? Uh, I'd go for Bruno. I think he's a better player. I think he would give us more of what we need from that position. So, yeah, I would go for, for Bruno. But I would definitely love to see us sign Basuma. I'm not saying that I wouldn't want us to sign Basuma. I'd love both of them. But I lean more towards towards Bruno. Uh, Fun Trick says, uh, Madison or our Madison, definitely, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Arun says, Tom, what would you predict our signings will be at the end of the window? It's a tough question. I said that we'll bring in, I think we'll sign three more. That's my prediction. I think three more players will come in before the end of the window. Um, it may be one. But I'm predicting three because I'm an optimistic guy. So uh, we'll, we'll go for three and we'll see if that turns out to be true, of course. Uh, Fawoban says, uh, why is it weird uh, when Xhaka had similar interviews during the Euros, he got a new contract? Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, he didn't specifically say, I want to go to Roma. He said, Roma is a nice place. <laughs> I mean, he's being very cryptic, obviously. And in that moment, it looked like a deal was happening. The difference between that and Xhaka uh, and Torreira is that there was no deal between Ar Arsenal and Boca Juniors. Boca Juniors weren't talking to Arsenal. There was no offer. There was no discussions. Whereas with Roma and Arsenal and Xhaka... There was consistent discussion around that. There was Roma saying they were going to want to pay this. They want to buy him. Mourinho wants him. There was constant dialogue between Xhaka and Mourinho because he wanted him and he had to convince him to join. That's why it's different. Um, and and because they offered such a, a, a measly amount of money. I mean, a one-year extension on top of the two years that he's got with an extra year as an option, I don't think is too bad. But I think, it's, I think the reason why people are finding it hard is because we all kind of come to the you know we'd all kind of come to the realization that he was going we'd made peace with that and we were fine with it so i think that's that's mainly the biggest kind of issue for people is it's not even the fact that jacker was staying it's more so that we kind of reserved ourselves to knowing he was gone um and that's probably what it is as someone who appreciates jacker's qualities as i do i was reserved to him going i was ready for us to move on from jacker and to sign someone else but he's going to stay from what it looks like. And he's, he's already signed the new deal, as according to Chris Wheatley, and that should be announced very soon. Uh, please do drop a like on the video if you haven't already, guys. Show the support for the daily grind and graft that we put into this show every single day. Uh, Zuko says, if you could only get two more signings, Tom, who would they be? Uh, Madison would be one. And I'll oh, see... I guess because he can play an eight and at ten, that covers kind of a couple of positions. If if I wanted it to, you could switch to a four three three. 
And I think you then have to go for the backup keeper because it's really... Now, I don't know who I would say, whether it's Ramsdale, whether it's Onana. I'd lean towards more Onana, to be honest. Um, and I don't think he's a backup. I think he's an upgrade on Leno. But yeah, so Madison and a goalkeeper. That's that's what I'd go for as my two signings. Backup keeper is, is really important. Really, really important. It's not fanciful. It's not a statement signing. It's not exciting, a goalkeeper. But it's what we need. We desperately, desperately need a backup keeper. And so it's just sensible, isn't it? Social says, if Hertha are interested in Nelson and Arsenal are looking at a versatile attacker, why are we not looking at Mateus Cunha? Now, this is a player that Drew recommended that we should go for. Brazilian, can play as a centre-forward, can play as number 10, can kind of play off the striker as a second striker. Yeah, I don't know loads about him, but Drew really likes him. So if Drew recommends him, I'm all for it social. So yeah, maybe it's one that, that we could look at should the Madison deal fall apart. Josh T says, due to Fafana's injury, uh, they will likely be after a centre-back. If they don't want any of the four players proposed in the swap deal, do you think Arsenal could offer one of Rob Holding or Callum Chambers? Josh, it's not a bad suggestion with his massively, massively a uh, horrific injury. He is going to be out for at least six months, maybe more, to, to to recover from a broken leg, you would imagine. So could Rob Holding be included? Could Callum Chambers be included? We will have to wait and see. Maybe that's something that changes the discussions around the deal. Certainly interesting. You have to think, though, if, if Holding goes, we then just have Ben White. We have Chambers that can play at centre-back. And I'm trying to think of someone else that can play right centre-back at the club now. And it's ironic, isn't it, how we were so well-stocked at centre-back. If Rob Holding goes, it's just Chambers, uh, and that could be a problem. Um, especially if we ever, say, switch to a three at the back system, then we really lose out. It's, yeah, very interesting. What you could do is obviously... It could mean if, say, Ben White was to get injured at some point during the season, you could put Chambers there. You could put, say, Gabriel or Pablo Marie there and play two left-footers. You could even put Tini at a left centre-back and put Tavares at left-back. Like There are things we could do, but it does leave us you know, a little bit light in, in kind of the right centre-back area if holding was to go, especially considering we've sent out Saliba online. But if, say, we was to sell holding to Leicester, that would leave a gap in the squad for Saliba to return to should he come back at the end of the season. So, you know, that's that's a possibility. Maybe that's something that, that happens. Who knows? Uh, Hello, Flash says, my prediction signings are Martinez, Odegaard, Aarons, Onana and Locatelli. Because uh, Fab said that Arsenal will sign five players in the camp position, Arsenal number one target. Yellow Flash, I would be absolutely astonished if Arsenal signed that many players. I think we'll be lucky to sign three, uh, let alone five. So we'll wait and see. Uh, Dean Turner says, how about Sabitzer to back up Emil Smith-Rowe, then more money to spend elsewhere? I saw a rumour about Bayern Munich interested in Sabitzer. I don't know how true that is, but I saw Manuel Veit uh, of um, Transformats saying that. I don't know how real that link is, but it's unsurprising. Sometimes Bayern move for these kinds of players and Sabitzer would certainly add quality to the team. So there you go. Uh, there you go. Uh, Suffolk says, is Reach a publication like Athletic or just a formal website? Reach is uh, one of, if not the largest publishing company, I think, in the UK. Um, and it owns uh, lots of places like The Mirror and The Express and Football.London. So it's it's kind of an overreaching publishing company that owns different outlets uh, like Football London. And that's kind of the main area that I'll be working closest with. So that's, but yeah, if you go on the website, 
uh, on the reach reach plc it will tell you a lot more about about the company Sarvik. so you can go and check it out uh ashim says i don't think edu is competent enough to pull off heavy deals like madison or martinez what about thomas parte and like gabriel i i <laughs> Competent is a is a big big claim, Ashim. Saying someone's not competent is is very harsh, um, considering he's a guy that's signed up Saka, Emil Smith Rowe, Tierney, Abamyang, <laughs> following Balogun to new contracts. To say he's not competent is is very harsh and just not true. Um, it's just wrong. <laughs> so I think he needs to be a little bit more proactive, especially with some of the deals that we should be looking to do. And and maybe be a little less stubborn with with some of the sales he's trying to make this summer because we may have to cut ties with some of them. But to say he's not competent enough is a, a big big stretch. A big big stretch. Um, Sj says now that Lukaku is joining Chelsea, well, it's not hundred percent confirmed, but you know it's it looks like that could be something that's happening. And we can't get Martinez. What centre forward should Arsenal try and get? Sj, I don't think it's a position that Arsenal desperately need to go for this summer. To be honest, we've got. I mean, if you think about it, we need to really add in other key positions for centre midfield, attacking midfield, right back, backup keeper. They're all ahead of striker. All of them. We've got we've got two experienced forwards. We've got a lot of young guys coming through. There is a big gap between those old older guys and the younger guys. But for me, it's not a pressing matter. Lacazette had the third best conversion ratio in the in the Premier League last season. If we were able to get Lacazette more chances to score, he will score more goals. He is a clinical striker. He didn't have the best first six months, but his last six months were very good. And so if we can give him more chances, then I'm sorry that it's, it's, it's not a case of him being a bad striker. So we need to give him more chances and he'll score more goals. Chance creation has been the biggest thing, and that's why the number 10 for me and the number 8 position are such key parts of our, our business this summer. Uh, FA says, Tom, do you think Arsenal will still sign a centre-mid, or are they going to promote Aziz into the first team? It depends on, on the availability of players. It depends on how much money we have in the market after and if we secure the Madison deal. So if we do manage to get Madison... I would be surprised to see us go big on another one unless we manage to sell some players like Joe Willock, like if Reese Nelson goes, if Eddie Nketiah goes, if Kalasnach goes, Bellerin goes. If these kinds of sales are made and Arsenal can make some money, then maybe. But if we don't sell anyone, I would be surprised. And I probably would, not rather, but I think I would predict Aziz moving into the first team squad. He, that is the plan at the end of the day. Uh Arun says, can we not spam my chat, please? Thank you. Uh, Jashar says, um, Tom, every player we signed this season said the process was long. Why do you think it takes long? Because because clubs don't want to sell their players and clubs want to get the best deal for their players. So that's, that's why it takes a lot longer than usual is because you've got a situation where a club like Brighton, and you heard from his agents, Brighton didn't want to sell. Brighton categorically did not want to sell Ben White and they were only going to sell him if Arsenal stumped up the money. Now, you're not going to go into that negotiation and go, look, what do you want for him? You want that much? Here you go. You are going to still try and test the water. It might be that you end up going and paying the amount that they want. But sometimes you can get better deals in the market and you can kind of, you know, wear people down into the point where they eventually accept a lower fee and you can negotiate better and get a deal done. The player may start forcing for the move and that can affect things too. You may get, you know, 
Injuries could happen on either side. You can get deals and replacements may be found and signed. That can change things. So that's why things take longer because, and whilst, and if you actually read the interview with uh, Ben White's agent, they were very, he was very, very complimentary about how Arsenal dealt with that situation and how they moved for Ben White and how confident they were and how much they wanted him. So I think things are improving in the recruitment department, definitely. And you're seeing that with the signs that we're making, but it's not going to speed up the process. It, a good bit of business isn't a deal that's necessarily done quickly because we ultimately don't know what has gone on behind the scenes. If you think about the Nuno Tavaj situation when we signed him from Benfica, that came up very quickly in the media. But as we heard from him himself, it, he told us that it took a long time uh, for that deal to take place. Just a lot of it went on behind the scenes and it wasn't really talked about in the media. So we obviously hear about things. And you've also got to think about it as from a fan perspective. The first time we hear about a deal is when the media report it. And the media, when they report it, will not know. And we will not know if that's happened at the start of the negotiation process, halfway down the line of the negotiation process, or as with the Nuno Tavares situation, just over a week until the deal's completion. Or in Matt Ryan's case, not at any single point at all. And it's a complete surprise. So whilst our perception of certain deals may be that they're taking a long, long time, all deals really are taking quite a while. We just hear about certain deals a lot later down the line. The Erling Haaland and Chelsea situation, there were so many rumours that Chelsea had made a bid. As far as we're aware, they never made an official proposal for Erling Haaland at any point. So it's it's the confliction of, of reports, it's the timing of those reports, and it's the perception that we have of those deals and when they take place. That's why it's such a difficult situation to kind of say, we're taking too long on this deal. Because it just means that maybe it was reported at very early on during the whole negotiation bid process. So that's that's the problem. Uh, Ron Raj, thank you ever so much for the super chat, mate. Really appreciate that. Says, thanks for making the mornings great. How many more signings do you think we will make before the end of the window? Three. I think we'll make three. That's my prediction. But thank you for the uh, for the super chat, mate. Really appreciate it. Alex says, Arsenal players rate and respect the process regarding Arteta's skills, coaching abilities, style and tactics. So why are the players consistently struggling on the pitch with everything uh, and his ideas? It's a very good question, Alex, because I can definitely guarantee you that they are that they they buy into his philosophy. The players they they like him as a coach. I can, I can guarantee you that that, that there is a, a big kind of push around the whole idea that he is going to be the guy at Arsenal for the the years to come. So why it's not necessarily working? Arsenal has been a very volatile place for a long time. I also think there are players that are not of the required quality as well, and that's been an issue. And moving out a lot of the deadwood has been a big job for Edu. But I also think there is the inexperience of Arteta, that this is his first big job, first job, not just big job, first job as a coach, as a head coach and now as a manager. And I think maybe that inexperience is, is struggling to get those ideas across. Um, but obviously we were in a really bad place when he took over and recovering that situation takes time and an FA Cup in the first six months is great, but it's not enough. Like We need to be in the Champions League and we need to be building... And we are gradually doing that, but it's, you know, last season wasn't good enough. And uh, pretty much all other clubs would probably have moved on their manager. So it's it's a situation in which this year is, is absolutely high pressure, pressure on them from day one. We've got a really tough start against some good teams. Brentford are no mucks. Trust me, they are a very good side. And then you've got Man City and Chelsea without Thomas Partey. So it's going to be a very tough start to the season. And if we don't pick up at least three points from those three games, that, that's going to be a real real big issue uh, and the fan base being in the grounds will definitely be on the manager 
from the get-go as they weren't able to be last season. So that's certainly something that we need to think about. We have time for a couple of more questions. So we'll try and get a couple more in before we wrap up. Let's have a look. Uh, Michelle says, is Sander Berg the answer? to our problems or is he injury prone i'm not sure he's injury prone i don't think he's the answer to our problems either i think he's a very decent midfielder i just think i'd go for someone like a bruno guimaraes because i think he adds a lot more qualities than we actually uh, that we actually lack right now uh paul guy says maybe our ta tactic support i'm not sure he's necessarily the tactic support i mean his tactics won us an fa cup so his tactics can't be that bad I just think it's about consistency of choices on his part. I think he's picking players like Willian too often. I think he stays loyal to players for too long when he should change. Actually, ironically, I don't think he gives certain players enough game time. Like Pepe should have given him a, a, a lot more responsibility. So no, I don't think it's the tactics that are bad. I think there's certain decision-making processes that aren't the best. But the tactics have, have taken us to places that I never thought we would be under him. And he's improved us wildly defensively. It's just offensively that we've really kind of lacked. So, yeah, I don't think it's the tactics at all. Um, SJ says, uh, have you seen uh, that Pjanic might be joining Juventus? Does that mean that Locatelli will be available again? I still think Locatelli will go there, and I doubt that he'll want to come to Arsenal. So sorry to, to pee on your bonfire. Uh, Thracian says, uh, why don't we get a free agent keeper for now and buy Onana in January? It's not a bad shout, Thracian, but Arsenal want a homegrown keeper for the long term. That's, that's probably the reason as... As to why. Lee Morris says, Bernardo Silva was City buying Grealish. I think he could be available. Uh, possibly so. And I would love Bernardo Silva. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, but maybe he wants to move to a Champions League club. And we don't have that right now. And that is a bit of a problem. Uh, will Elneny start against Brentford, says Doug. I hope not. I would hope that Lukonga is going to be the guy that starts against Brentford alongside Granite Xhaka, unless we sign someone between now and then. But... You know, it would be very Arsenal to see Elneny and Xhaka be our starting centre midfield pair on the first game of the 2021-22 Premier League season. Would be very Arsenal indeed. Arun says, hey, Tom, who do you think our main target is, Madison or Erdogan? I think Madison is now the number one. I think previously Erdogan was. Um, but I think that has now shifted, as you can tell from the bids going in for those players. Um, Chasha says, Tom, I was asking from the player's perspective um, previously about your... I can't remember what your question was, Chasha, I'm sorry. Um, but from a player's perspective, in terms of the manager, they, they like it. So uh, it's, yeah, it's... Uh, I can't really give you any more info than that. They they like it. That, that's that's all I can tell you. Anyway, that, that probably does bring an end to today's show. Thank you to the ever... We nearly had a 1,000 listeners listening at, at one time and a lot more listening over the whole show. So thank you so much for everyone that's making these shows part of your, your Monday mornings and Tuesday morning. Every single day in the week, your routine is now fully ingrained in this. Thank you so much for all of the kind words and comments on the news that broke yesterday personally. So thank you so much for that. I look forward to bringing you guys so much more uh, next season. It's going to be an exciting year. It's going to be an exciting time uh, to be an Arsenal fan and uh, for TGT and for myself and for Football.London and Reach as well. I'm looking forward to what we're going to build and create and uh, I can't wait to share everything with you guys more as well. I hope you've enjoyed the new graphics, the new paint job i think it's i think it works i like it it fits the awake kit we've still got another one to show you when the podcast gets back underway as well 
first one will be on Sunday evening uh, of a new season after the Spurs preseason game. So make sure you're subscribed for that content. Please do hit that like button if you have not done so already and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys as always. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.